you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hi everybody it's very interesting this year right as we come upon our one-year anniversary of coronavirus it's very interesting to compare what we were doing this year with what we were doing last year And one of my favorite holidays is upon us, Valentine's Day. It is a really important day for me. I know that sounds so silly, and I know it gets such a bad rap of being like a Hallmark holiday, whatever. Everybody has a holiday that particularly resonates with them, and I have always loved Valentine's Day. When I was little, my mom used to make sort of a big deal about it. I would hand make my Valentine's to every class member, drawing special drawings on each one. I would make a box that was emblazoned with stickers and drawings so that everyone could put their Valentines inside the box. I, when I got older, was frequently single on Valentine's Day. Let's just say epically single on Valentine's Day. The only I'm sure I did have Valentine's Day dates, but I don't remember them that well. I remember I had just met my husband, January 31st. I was very disappointed that he didn't ask me out for Valentine's Day, like super disappointed. And I was dating other people at the same time. So this other guy I was less interested in, because obviously I was very interested in my future husband. This other guy that I was less interested in asked me out for Valentine's Day brunch. And I was like, yes. And just a month after that Valentine's Day brunch, I was getting engaged to my husband. So it's just funny. Valentine's Day has always been funny, but for many years I was single, as I referenced earlier, and I would always have big parties with my girlfriends. We would, you know, rent an extra long table at a restaurant. We would have like some conversation starters about love, or we'd go out and flirt at a bar after dinner. So it's just always been a holiday that's been kind of interesting to me. Uh, On another interesting note, you might have just heard a sneeze in the background. I am working from home uh, because we are getting a ton of snow here in the Northeast and it has been really difficult to get out, to do anything. So I just find it to maybe be ideal to just hunker down and not fight the feeling. But the problem is (laughs) that it's not completely quiet in the background. I've got this dog 
who is my shadow. He's my best friend, besides that husband I mentioned earlier. My dog is my best friend. And he's normally, gosh darn delight. But he wishes we were at the office, and he's just pacing at this point, pacing the floor with his clickety-clack nails, sneezing. He's feeling like... Uh, like we're off of our routine because he always goes to work with me and he's like, what are we still doing here? So if you hear noises in the background, my son on the recorder doing his music class virtually, my dog processing and clacking around, or my daughter who oftentimes will just come in to see what I'm talking about on this week's podcast. Let me just apologize in advance. All right, without further ado, let me announce something that I'm very excited about. So you know I love Valentine's Day. I've already prefaced, made that quite clear. Do you know what I really want to do this Valentine's Day? Since we can't go anywhere. Since I'm going to be homebound. I'm going to be, you know, right here pretty much uh, with the whole family just doing what we always do. Except maybe, maybe my husband will be extra nice to me that day. Well, I would love you guys to show me the love. I would love to get some more reviews going because certainly you guys have been very generous with your feedback over the years, but reviews are really the best way to give us a boost. So by going to Apple and putting in Affordable Interior Designs podcast and giving us a five-star review, you also get us a lot more visibility and help us to grow. But I would be remiss if I just asked for you guys to love me and didn't do anything back, right? You guys deserve a box of chocolates. So for this month only, from February 14th to March 14th, if you go on and leave us a five-star review, you will be entered to win a value pack of three classes plus my book. Uh, That's normally a $99 value, but you will be getting it for free. I will pick two lucky winners from everyone who writes a review between February 14th and March 14th. You're saying, Betsy, what if I've already written your review? Am I ineligible? Oh, write from your partner's account, right? Uh, Inspire somebody else to write a review. And if I pick their name out of the hat, well, you can tell them that you get the prize. All right. But it's so important. We really could use a boost. It's a dark time here, quite literally, because it's winter. But also, you know, getting a little bit more visibility from this podcast would certainly be the fuel I need to get me to spring. So let the games begin. The competition is on February 14th to March 14th. Two lucky winners. And I will be announcing the winners in March. And um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see who wins. All right, let's dig into the mailbag because we have some great questions that have come in. The first question that came in is from Megan. Megan writes, hi, Betsy. I contacted you a while back about my living room, and I believe you aptly referred to me as a beigeaholic. It's so true. I have good news and bad news. The good news is that I bought a blue couch. It's not beige. The bad news is I hate it because it's blue. The color is part of the problem, but there is actually a bigger problem, which is the style and the size. It was not a very well-planned purchase on my part. You brought to my attention that our living room is indeed relatively small, and this couch is quite long. We've decided to sell the couch and swap it out for a two-loveseat plus armchair setup, which is what we've wanted all along. 
The long couch was forcing us to put the chairs in an odd position and to have seating facing the fireplace, which required it to be so far back in the room that the seats were practically in the entryway. The issue I'm running into is finding love seats that are high quality and that I like, but they also need to be affordable so that I can afford to buy two. Yes, I do want matching ones. I don't care for mid-century furniture, so that excludes a lot of affordable online retailers. We have a separate TV room elsewhere in the house, so this doesn't need to be the most comfortable seating ever. But still, I would prefer it to be high quality. I've been looking at Wayfair Custom Upholstery, and I like a few of their options, but I am overwhelmed by the 161 fabric choices. I've ordered fabric swatches from Wayfair before, back when I was in my blue phase, but I'm still not sure which would be the most durable and the look the best for the longest. Do you have any experience with fabric choices? I've included inspiration photos to show you the look I'm going for and a picture of the living room as it is currently. We plan to rip up the carpeting and lay luxury vinyl plank to match the rest of the first floor. All right, so then she goes on to another question about her bathroom. So we'll circle back to that in a minute. But first, let's talk about this room. So I love the idea that you departed from your beige, that you went bold. However, I do not feel the sofa is the place to do a saturated color. I would save that for the armchairs. I also would save it for the drapes, the pillows, the artwork. Sofas are just a big financial commitment. And because of that, and because they're also a huge visual element in the room, I want it to be something that you're really going to be excited about for quite a while, right? I know this is not the primary TV viewing, so it doesn't have to be the best, but still you want the overall appearance to be very compelling. And you do want people to sit here with some comfort. So let's go back to these questions. Do I know of a place to get a love seat that's not too expensive, but also high quality? I have a really hard time buying love seats, sofas online. I am very resistant to it. There are amazing values to be had, uh, but I think it's really problematic when you can't sit on such a large piece of furniture because returning that large piece of furniture is exorbitantly expensive and difficult. I love Macy's. They do have a lot of love seat options. I also love how you can filter. And in our area, at least, Macy's has large furniture showrooms. So I can go sit on the things, try them. I have never personally bought a couch on Wayfair in all my years of designing because seeing a little four inch by four inch swatch is not going to tell me how the sofa is going to sit, how it's going to feel. I just think it's too much of a crapshoot. That being said, I'm looking for something very specific in my own life. I hate recliner sectionals, like hate with a deep passion but I love the idea. I hurt my back, herniated disc. The only place I feel comfortable now, no longer can I sit on the sofa, I have to sit in my recliner. But I feel so disconnected from the rest of the family. I still wanna cuddle. I still wanna have a child on my lap. I still wanna like be next to the kitty and the puppy. So I'm looking, trepidatiously, but I am looking at 
recliner sectionals. And I recently found one on Wayfair that I really love. It has legs. It has like a curved arm. It doesn't feel bulky. It doesn't feel chunky. It is a little bit more transitional than is typically my style, but most of them look like large mushrooms or like spaceships. So I'm quite excited. Additionally, it matches my very tight specifications because typically these recliner sectionals are out of control huge. So for the first time in my life, I am more than tempted to buy a sectional on Wayfair. What? That's nearly $30,000 purchase. This would be an epic moment in my life as a designer. And yes, they have 161 fabrics. I will definitely be doing my research on those fabrics. I will definitely be ordering quite a few swatches of those fabrics because I am dubious and there's no going back, right? Customer service on Wayfair, they're nice enough, but this is a totally custom piece. There's a lot on the line. Whoa. So, I mean, there's a lot less risk for you, so I'm open to you shopping there, but explore Macy's first. Try Ashley Home Furniture. Try Raymore and Flanagan. These are all places that have large showrooms where I live that have that more transitional style and we can get away from that exclusively mid-century modern while still staying in that affordable price point. I also, if I was going to buy a sofa online, might look at Article because the price points are more affordable. However, they do tend to skew contemporary or mid-century modern versus transitional. And by looking at the pictures that you provided of the tufted chairs, the um, kind of curved arms, the curved legs of your glass end table with the wrought iron, I would sum up this style as transitional. And I think that perfectly aligns with the architecture of the home that has this chunky molding, lots of framing, high ceilings. I think transitional is going to feel right at home. I think it will truly align with your style, but I also feel like you need to sit on these things. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. I hope that helps. Shall we get to your bathroom question? All right, you write. My next question has to do with our peculiar master bathroom. My husband says it depresses him and that it looks like we just moved in. 
I keep trying to find a runner that is long enough and wide enough for the vanity. But it seems that bath runners usually top out at approximately 22 by 60, which ends up looking ridiculous in there. When I do separate rugs, one rectangular rug in front of each sink and another in front of the shower, it looks like a rectangular rug showroom. What type of rug arrangement would you say is best for this layout? Also, did you happen to notice that bizarre ledge over the tub? I have no idea what to do with it. I would love to take out the tub altogether, but since that doesn't seem likely to happen, I'm looking for other ideas on how to decorate the tub and ledge around it without inviting or purposefully using clutter. Really, I don't want anything on the ledge, but it looks odd as it is. Last thing, I hate towel bars. Would it be weird to remove the towel bar near the toilet shower and put it somewhere else so it's not the first thing you see? Secondly, should we dress the window at all? I told my husband you'd mostly re recommend not to, since we don't want to transform the window and make it look like it's wearing chandelier earrings, but I thought I would ask. Okay, there's a lot more where that came from, but I'll leave it here for now. Thank you so much, Megan. All right, Megan, let's get into it. You know, you don't need a runner that spans the entire length of the vanity. I do think, looking at the pictures you provided, that having a runner rug in front of the vanity would be very nice. Now, one thing you want to be cognizant of is that you have clearance under the doors, right? No matter if you're trying to pick rugs for a bathroom or any other room in your home, if there's doors that swing in towards those rugs, you want to make sure that there's a gap under the door that's high enough to avoid hitting the rug because you don't want that stopping you from opening the door easily and you also don't want to be constantly bubbling up your rugs by hitting them with the door swing um so check that out because i cannot see the bottom very well in these pictures but i think one long runner would be very nice i happen to love the long bath rugs at anthropology they have so many compelling shapes and sizes and colors and patterns. It's just really inspiring, unlike Bed Bath & Beyond, where you're just going to get solids or really basic patterns. Also, keep in mind my rule of thumb for rugs in a bathroom. You don't want it to be too light, like white or cream, because it's going to show all the yuck and guck. You don't want it to be too dark, like navy or black, because it's going to show all the hair, every piece of sock lint. You really want to go for that mid-tone color. I do recommend, since it appears that your tile floor is some kind of shade of beige, that you would add a color. I found it to be so curious, because I've truly never heard anyone say this, that they hate towel bars. I love towel bars because they're an opportunity, just like drapes, to add a splash of color, pattern, texture. I like layering towels so that there's a bath towel underneath and maybe a decorative hand towel on top. I just find it to be a really fun opportunity to soften the bathroom space, to make it feel inviting, etc. So looking at that ledge behind, behind, kind of beside your soaker tub, it is calling out for something. I completely agree with you. I don't like clutter for clutter's sake, but I think this is a perfect opportunity to make this bathroom feel very decadent. Think of it as like an Oprah moment. I remember when Oprah had her show, I was a daily watcher, and she was always talking about how much she loves 
baths, how she uses different candles, different oils, bath salts. She likes to read in there. I think you could have this ledge have one or two baskets. Maybe one basket has rolled up towels. Oh my gosh, that sounds so inviting. Maybe the other basket has either some candles or bath salts or things that would make this tub feel truly decadent. Things that, of course, you would use in the tub that make you just want to curl up and have a moment. I also think it's a really interesting place to have like an iPad holder, right? Or something because if I had a large soaker tub, and believe me, guys, this is on the bucket list, large soaker tub. I would definitely want to watch my shows while I bask in the bubbles. So maybe you do too. I definitely would not dress this small transom window that's above the tub. You know, what are you going to do? Put blinds on there? It's so high that nobody's seeing you naked, even if your neighbors were right next door. Uh, So I love the fact that it brings in some natural light. I don't see any privacy concerns. It's freakishly high. So what are we going to do? I would leave well enough alone, but I do feel like, speaking of leaving things alone, you've kind of left this bathroom too alone. It has a very tiny piece of art, maybe 18 inches by 18 inches at the most, probably more like 12 by 12, above the bathtub. You have no towels on the towel bar. There's just no splash of color. I mean, even the soap dispensers are just the plastic ones that are you know, white that the soap came in. So I really feel like this bathroom could use some love, could use an inspiration piece from which you derive the colors for the bath rugs, the hand towels. Come on, let's think creatively and let's get a larger piece of art and please get some decadent aspirational baskets filled with yummy tub stuff. I remember guys, just just to go off on a tangent, One of our clients, an amazing client from India, we designed her palace in India, her pied-a-terre in New York. So when she was getting a pied-a-terre in London, she called us and I was so grateful. It was just a rental. She was only going to have it for a year. It was already furnished, but she just wanted it to feel more feminine. It did look like the ultimate bachelor pad. So we, of course, recommended some things that she should buy from London stores, but the thing is she has no time or inclination to set it up. Betsy, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to fly you to London. You can stay in the apartment and just give it those feminine touches that I loved in my Indian palace and in my New York pied-a-terre. What? As an affordable interior designer, that like never happens. (laughs) That never happens. So she gave me the keys to this amazing condo in this perfect part of London. It was in Chelsea, right in the design district, which I actually had no idea before I got there. I got off the double-decker bus, walked into her space, and it was amazing. But the best part was that it had a huge soaker tub with a ledge all the way around it. And of course, in order to fully experience the space, I had to take a bath every gosh darn night in that tub. It was so amazing. I also needed to take a bath every night in that tub because the complex had an indoor pool. So after I'd spend the entire day out shopping for things like candles, sea sponges, art, throw pillows, cashmere blankets, I would come back to the condo, take a swim, and then go get in that tub and listen to like five podcasts. I was in there so long that like all my skin was wrinkled like a raisin. 
It was the most amazing experience. Don't worry, I cleaned the tub before I left, and of course I accessorized everything to the hilt with decorative baskets filled with aspirational bath salts. That is my vision for you as well. Guys, go curl up in a cozy bath, soak in a tub for me. I would love to hear what your favorite bath oils and salts are because uh, right now I live in a home that has two full baths, but one just has a shower and one has a tub from literally 1913 when the house was built and it's been reglazed like four times. It is iron and small and you know, you pay so much for these old houses. You have to like get them up to shape and whatever. And then it just doesn't wind up feeling very decadent. So I literally am finding myself drooling over pictures of this amazing tub. I'm going to try to keep my jealousy in check, Megan, but I really appreciate your pictures and your questions and keep them coming. Send them to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. And don't forget, guys, this Valentine's Day, show me the love. Please write a review on apple.com. I think it's Apple Podcasts or something. Google Affordable Interior Design Podcast. You can even do it in the app on your phone. But rate and review as five stars, and I will be pulling two names out on March 14th. Happens to be my son's birthday. And be bestowing you with gifts, value packs. I can't wait. All right, everyone, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.